Thank you for listening to Elohim Christian Church's podcast. We're a place where imperfect people worship and meet a perfect God. If this is your first time listening, we're located in Richmond Hill in Queens, New York City, and are led by pastors Carlos and Rebecca Medina. If you're looking for a place to worship and to know Jesus, we would love to meet you and see you in person. Find us online at www.elohimchurch.org so we can connect. And now, here's this week's message. So welcome, happy Mother's Day. How are y'all feeling this morning? I am so, so honored to be here this morning. I have to say, first and foremost, a very, very special happy Mother's Day to my own mother. My beautiful mother, my warrior mother, who I love with all my heart. I do life with my mom, and she still mothers me to this day. As well as my beautiful mother-in-law, who's not here, and Mildred Rivera. (laughs) I love you, mama. Te amo. Feliz Dia de las Madres. To my beautiful mother-in-law, I honor my mother-in-law. She also still, she mothers us and she takes care of us to this very day. Um, I'm speaking you, to you this morning as a fellow mom, right? And I'm, and I'm blessed to be able to do that. And I, if you know me, I'm in the thick of it, right? <laughs> I've got an 11-year-old daughter. I've got a 7-year-old son, a 4-year-old son, and an 8-month-old son. So, whoo, am I in the thick of my motherhood journey, right? <laughs> If you need evidence, my baby spit up on my dress this morning, so that's just kind of where I'm at. Yesterday, I was gifted a very beautiful beaded necklace, and you can keep your Tiffany's and your Cartier. That necklace is the priceless stuff, right? But that's where we are, and and, and it gets kind of crazy at this time in life, right? And, and I imagine that it continues. So you all, uh, mothers more experienced, can let me know. But, you know, a lot of us think of a time of our childhood when things were simpler, right? Things were more easy. Food appeared as if from nowhere, right? Just appeared on the plates. The lights just flickered on, you know? The water came out the faucets. Everything, we didn't know the details of the background, and it was a simpler life. But now you're mom, right? And now, you know, those shoes, if you've ever stuck your foot in your mom's shoe as a little girl, and you wobbled around, right? Now that shoe fits, and now you're the mom. And it's mom all the time. You wake up, mom. Go to sleep, mom. Middle of the night, mom, right? Need a tissue? Mom. Have a boo-boo? Mom. Need a forum sign? Mom. Parent-teacher conference? Mom. 10 snack of the morning? Mom. Wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturday? Dad. (laughs) You pooped yourself? Mom. It's like, mom, mom, mommy, mommy, mama, mama, right? And occasionally, bruh, right? And I have a distinct honor, because I have two sons, and they love uh, Batman and Spider-Man. And so on occasion, I get to be Alfred and Aunt May. So I, I, it's, it's fun in my house. But everywhere you're mom. It, it threw me off when Brielle was born. In the doctor's office, they call you mom, right? In the supermarket, I got my four kids. I'm wrangling them, going through the aisles. And somebody would come along and say, oh, you got your hands full there, mom. It's like, thanks. Meanwhile, my husband can be in the same situation, and what will they say to him? 
you're such a good dad, right? That's how it is, your mom everywhere. At their schools, I'm Brielle's mom, Logan's mom, Jordan's mom. Even at work, I'm a working mom. To my husband, I'm a hot mom, right? <laughs> Watch out. But I'm mom, and I'm doing this mom thing everywhere and everyone, and it's mom, 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 except with him with my God, with my Lord, with my Savior, what does the word say? I am child. I am a child of God. He takes care of me. I want for nothing. He is my shepherd. And I know I sound like, Lord, 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 right? But I can cast my cares upon him. He cares about me. So everywhere else, yes, I'm mom, but with him, I'm child. So let's give it up. I want to remind you, you're mom, but don't you forget, you're child, and God is taking care of you. God is taking care of you. He knows all of your needs, and you can depend on him, and you can trust him. Amen? So seek refuge on that day when things get a little crazy. Say, yes, I'm mom, but Lord... I need you, and I'm also a child, right? With all that being said, I want to speak this morning about a mother that is not often spoken about. Her story is gruesome and strange, right? But we can learn a lot from her, I promise. This woman's name is Rispa, and today we're going to learn about, under the theme, the power of a mother's devotion, the power of a mother's devotion. Before I continue, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today with gratitude in our hearts for this beautiful day that you have allowed us to gather together and worship your holy name. Lord, I thank you for your word that you have given for this morning. Lord, I ask you that you anoint me for this hour and hide me behind your message for your people, Lord. Till the ground of our hearts this morning that we may receive what you have for us today. Lord, yours is the honor and the glory and the praise. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So as I mentioned, I want to share a rather obscure Old Testament story with you this morning. It's a story of a mother's devotion to her sons, and although it's a dark setting for such a beautiful Mother's Day morning, I believe that we'll find a good teaching that will take us into the motherhood years ahead, no matter where you are in your journey, right? And I'll be reading from a text found in 2 Samuel and you can open it up right there, seated. It's in 2 Samuel 21, verse 8. 2 Samuel 21, verse 8. And it reads, But the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Aya's daughter, Rizpah, whom she had borne to Saul, together with the five sons of Saul's daughter, Merab, whom she had borne to Adriel, son of Barzillai, the Maholothite. He handed them over to the Gibeonites, who killed them and exposed their bodies on a hill before the Lord. All seven men fell together. They were put to death during the first days of the harvest, just as the barley harvest was beginning. 
Rispah, the daughter of Aya, took a sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. When David was told what Aya's daughter Rispah, Saul's concubine, had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh Gilead. They had stolen their bodies from the public square where the Philistines had hung them after they struck down Saul at Gilboa. David brought the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from there, and the bones of those who had been killed and exposed were also gathered up. They buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the tomb of Saul's father Kish at Zela in Benjamin, and they did everything the king commanded. After that, God answered prayer on behalf of the land. Amen. Okay, so in 2 Samuel, we find that during the reign of David, there was a famine in the nation of Israel for three successive years, three years. And maybe, you know, David on his throne, year one goes by, oh, we had a bad year. Year two goes by, oh, another bad year. Year three comes along and David's like, let me seek the Lord about this, right? So he consults with the Lord as to the reason for the famine. And the Lord reveals to David that the famine is on account of Saul, the king before him, breaking a covenant with the Gibeonites and putting Gibeonites to death. Now, back in the time of Joshua, they had made a covenant that they would not do this. Saul broke this covenant and he put the Gibeonites to death. He tried to annihilate them. So what happens? David meets with the Gibeonites, and he says, well, how can we make this right? What do you want? What do you need from us so that you may bless Israel? So the Gibeonites say, we want seven of Saul's descendants. Hand them to us. We want them. We're going to put them to death. David agrees. He's like, okay, seven descendants. Let's pick them out. Let's hand them over to the Gibeonites. And uh, there, just as they said, they put them to death. They hung them on a hill. So I don't think David was taking Rispa into account in this uh, decision. Um, she was a concubine of Saul's. So not even like a full wife with full wife benefits. She was a concubine of Saul's. Um, and these sons were likely all that she had. So she has a very lowly status in, in society right now. She's a widowed concubine whose sons were just taken from her and killed. And along with five of Saul's grandsons, whose mother was Saul's daughter, Merab. And what a horrible, awful situation, right? But we can learn from Rispa. We're going to become Rispa certified this morning, guys. RISPA certified. What does RISPA do when they do this, when this happens? What does she do? So RISPA, upon all of this going on, she arrives at the location of her hardship. She goes up to the hill 
to the gruesome sight of seven bodies hung, and she did something that we can all learn from today. She decides to take a sackcloth and spread it out from herself on the, rack, on the rock. Now, a sackcloth in this time is a representative of mourning and repentance. And she takes that sackcloth, she drags it up that hill, and she lays it on the rock. That's the first thing that she does. How amazing is that? Why? I want you to know that no matter your circumstance, no matter what you're going through, no matter what, how you have arrived at that circumstance, for her, she did nothing. Her sons likely did nothing. They were taken to appease and to make amends for someone else's misdeeds, right? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you find yourself in a difficult situation through no fault of your own. Somebody else put you there. Sometimes your own bad decisions put you there. And sometimes you're the one that puts somebody else in a bad, in a bad circumstance. It all happens in humanity. You find yourself in these difficult situations, but no matter how it is that you have arrived there, I want you to know you can take whatever it is, whatever the mess is, the mourning, the repentance, the brokenness, the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, the loss, the hopelessness, the hope, the failure, and the triumph, whatever it is, you drag it up that hill. You drag it up that hill, and it's a hill, so it's in the view of other people. People can see her doing this. You drag it up the hill, don't matter who's looking at you, and you lay that on the rock. And I love these connections in the Word of God, because immediately I'm thinking, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer. My God, he is my rock, in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. Immediately, I'm like, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God, right? Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So you do that. You learn from Rispa. The rock will not fail you. The rock will not fail you. And I love that the word of God includes this detail because it says that Rispa took the sackcloth and she spread it out for herself on a rock first. Right? So essentially, she's setting up camp for herself. And you know what? She took the very thing that represented that mourning and that repentance and she put it on the rock and she repurposes it. And she makes a shelter for herself. She knew this was not gonna last one afternoon or even a few days. She knew this was gonna be in for the long haul. She had the wisdom to know that she needed a place for herself, for what she was about to do. And, and she sets this place for herself, this refuge, this tent for herself. And she was getting ready for the long haul. How many moms in here know that we're in it for the long haul, right? So we must do the same. We must set up a refuge for ourselves. And sometimes it's our own tears, right? Sometimes it's our own loss. Sometimes it's our own trial that has been repurposed 
into that shelter because we can say he's done it before he'll do it again right it's a necessity to do to do this in order for what lies ahead it is a necessity to build this shelter in order to go on to the next you have to do it first and you have to do it for yourself why because mother do for others first right let me get the kids ready first let me get the dinner ready for them first we do first for others all the time we're doing first for others but this is a very wise thing that she does she does for herself first and then from there she goes out to do what she has to do right and we need that time we need that space with God we need that devotion. We need that word. We need to receive from the Lord. We need to lay down that sackcloth because we're going to need the refuge and we're going to need the shelter and we're going to need the rest. It can't all be fighting. It can't all be fighting. You got to go in there and you take your mourning and you take your sadness and you take what you've brought and you lay it on the rock. You repurpose that and you make it your shelter. And what better way to do, to, to what better place to put it than on the rock? He is dependable and he is trustworthy and he will take care of you there. And he will equip you there for what lies next. And maybe what lies next for you might be as gruesome as what lied ahead for Rispa. From the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heaven on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. That's a struggle. The struggle is real for Rispa. That I don't even, I can't imagine. The beginning of the harvest to when the rain poured was about four to six months. Four to six months. And Rispa is on this hill. And she had to drag that sackcloth in the view of many. And she's doing this up on a hill. And maybe some people might have commented, Rispa, the boys are dead. <laughs> Get down from the hill. <laughs> it's too late. There's nothing that you can do. Maybe she thought it to herself. I am a lonely ex-concubine of a fallen king. What am I doing out here? There is nothing. The boys are gone, Rispa. This is in vain and you are too late. But Rispa knew better. She knew that she can change their situation. She wasn't too late and neither are you. You're not too late to get involved, mom. You're not too late to get involved. You might find your children out there and they're acting like they weren't raised by the mother who raised them, right? These kids, man, they make some decisions and you're like, what, who? That's not even what I taught you. I know we all been there. We're like, what, what are you doing? You may see your children making errors, decisions, or even just living far from God and they're cut off from the vine and they seem to be spiritually dead. And maybe you have a voice or maybe somebody's telling you, they're dead already, Rispa, get down from that hill. But you learn from her. Maybe you're telling her that you're, it's too late for them. They're too far gone. There's nothing you can do about your, their situation now. This is where we get RISPA certified, 
right? Because as long as there is breath in my lungs, I will be praying for my children, right? As long as I have strength in my arms, I'm going to be standing, I'm going to be fighting, and I'm going to be interceding for those children. There is no such thing as too late. There is grace sufficient for them. Chain up a child in the ways of the Lord, and when he is older, he will not depart from them. It's not too late. They are not too far. When you get down on your knees for those children, what you're doing is you're getting up on that hill. You fight and you pray. And there is power in that prayer. And there's power in that devotion. It's not too late for them. And don't let those thoughts enter your mind. Those doubts enter your mind. They're too. They're too. There's no such thing as too far. You keep up there on that hill. You keep up there on that hill. And notice, Rispa only had two sons up there. She had two sons up there. But the word of God said that they recovered seven bodies, which means what? Although she only had two, she defended seven. And sometimes your fight is going to include others. Sometimes your stepmom, sometimes your friend of the mom, sometimes your aunt, auntie, sometimes your godmother, sometimes you're not the mom. But you know what? As long as the kids are in my view, I'm going to protect them. Right? And this is what we need. We don't know where the other mother is, Merab. Perhaps she's just too distraught. She went away. She couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle it. So what happens? The Bible doesn't mention where she is. But there are mothers who need other mothers. There are mothers who need other mo mothers. If you're an experienced mother, the young mother needs you. If you're a young mother and you got that energy and you guys are out there in the park, and the more experienced mothers, like, I just want to take it easy. I can't watch him go down that slide. You go and you watch him go down that slide, right, for her. Spiritually, we need each other. Think about it. Out of all the places and all the churches and all the worlds, we have met here. We have met here. We need each other. We need the women. The women in this church need the women of this church. And we and perhaps our family, our friend, our sister just can't go up on that hill. Let's take up for them. Right? We're called to do this life together. We have mothers in this church that help mother other children. Pastor Addis is out there on that hill for your kids, for your children. Come on. Sister Marilyn, out there on that hill. Pastor Ruth has no children of her own out there on that hill, defending others, right? Sister Anna, wherever she may be, God bless you, Sister Anna, is out there on that hill. I can stand here for hours naming every single mother who has helped mother me, who has been out there on that hill for me and for mine. And I thank God for you all. Because when I needed... It was the ladies, it was the mothers who came and who said, the Lord will heal your heart, child. Who came and who said, I have been through this before, child. It's okay. And they took up for me. And we can learn that from Rispa. 
And being RISPA certified means having two sons out there, but defending seven. Out there on that hill, could you see it? Could you picture it? I just, maybe a large stick, I don't know. Hand combat, I have no idea. Birds of prey, vultures, whatever animals they had going on in that day. She faced them all. And now she had this huge enemy coming for these bodies. And she was defending them. My sister Becky is RISPA certified. Do you know why? One time we went camping. Sorry, Beck. We went camping and we had all this food out we weren't supposed to and some bears came by can you believe it a mama bear and a cub actually came and they took our enemas cakes and everything and my aunt and my mom were making a paella for some reason i don't know so we're there the, the bear comes becky has her two babies there too rachel and eden and in order for us to scare away the bear, they told us in the front desk, you have to honk the horn of your car. But the problem is the, the, bur the bear was at the car and Becky was like here. So she had to walk in the direction of the bear to get into the car to honk the horn. And don't you know she did it? Because she's RISPA certified, <laughs> right? She faced the beast. She faced the beast of the land to protect her bears. It was mama bear versus mama bear, and that bear stood no chance against my sister that day, right? But you can see her out on that hill, fighting, fighting, defending, defending. The enemy was coming. And you know what? We understand that we have an enemy. I know you get it. There is an enemy, he is relentless, and he's coming after what's ours just like those vultures we know him from the word the word of god says be alert and of sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour john says the thief comes only to kill steal kill and destroy the lord and job says to satan satan where have you come from and satan answers from roaming around the earth going back and forth on it. He's out there. He's prowling. He's roaming. He's coming for them. But you stay on that hill. You stay there. Because you know what? The word of God also says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The word of God says, God is within her. She will not fail. He will help her in the break of day. She is clothed with strength and dignity. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? It's true, the enemy is coming. He's coming for you. He's coming for your marriage, your children, your future, your generations. He is as relentless as those vultures and the beasts of the field. But you take your stance, mom. Take your stance when the day of evil comes. You may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, stand firm, right? Say that phrase, not today, Satan. Not here, not now, not ever. I'm taking my place, I'm defending. My prayers are arrows lancing at the targets ahead, right? 
My sword of truth is ready at the combat, right? My breastplate, my, my shield, my belt is in place. My shoes are at the ready. I'm ready for this. I'm a warrior, right? You may have seen a broken and distraught woman come up this hill. But I have spent time on the rock now. And I'm a warrior now. I have spent time with the Lord now. And you don't know who you're messing with. I am a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. And I will not allow you to get to them. And I will protect what is mine and even defend the other five. That's how powerful my devotion is. So what happens after all of this? What happens to, res to respond her sons up on that hill? When David is told what, so people were talking, right? What David is told, what Aya's daughter Rispa Saul's concubine had done, he goes and he takes the bones of Saul and Jonathan who were also hung and he takes the bones of the seven who were killed and exposed and they were also gathered up. So after a long and terrifying four to six months, word of Rispa's devotion gets to King David. He hears about Saul's ex-concubine out there on that hill defending these bodies. And perhaps, maybe, Deuteronomy 21 comes to his mind. Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23 says, If someone commits a crime worthy of death and is executed and hung on the tree, the body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body that same day. For anyone who is hung is cursed of God. In this way, you will prevent the defilement of the land that the Lord your God has given you as your special possession. Maybe David knew they needed to be buried at that moment. Maybe he knew that they needed to do what was right by Saul and Jonathan who were also hung and the seven of these that were hung. And what happens? He gathers the bones. He starts making commands. Go get that. Go get that. Go do this. Go do that. So what happens? What is the power of Rispa's devotion in the end? A powerless sonless, ex-concubine of a fallen king, the lowest of the land, the power of her devotion is that she moves a king to action. She moves a king to action. The power of your devotion is that you move a king to act on your behalf as well. He starts commanding. He starts moving. He's the highest in the land. She's the lowest in the land. But her, her actions move him, not the other way around. And that's the power of a devoted mother. That is what she did. She moved that king to action. And after that, because maybe the Gibeonites were appeased, but the law of the Lord was not fulfilled. So after that, God answers prayer on behalf of the land. Three years of famine come to an end. The famine was lifted. God answered the prayer. I'm here to tell you, your struggle is not in vain. You keep fighting, you keep defending, you keep on that hill. This will not go unnoticed. It does not go unnoticed. There is a king and he is moved by compassion on your behalf. And the famine will lift. 
The depression will lift. The anxiety will lift. The rebellion will lift. The grief, it will lift. The ashes replaced with beauty, right? And the famine lifting didn't only affect Rispa, but what it says, the whole land was healed. So guess what, people who were talking about me dragging up my sackcloth in the beginning of the story? You're benefiting from my devotion. The testimony of your struggle is for everybody. It's for the land after all. They need to hear it. They need to hear it. The testimony that I have, man, I was in a broken place. I wear this necklace every, every Mother's Day. That's something about me. I wear it every Mother's Day since the year 2017. And it says, if my love could have saved you, you, could, you would have lived forever. Because I lost too. And I was in a broken place too. And in that broken place, you know, you think some crazy things. And I used to say, how can I speak of a good God when I'm so broken? We're human after all, right? I'm in so much pain. How can I? But the Lord has turned my mourning into dancing. Right? And a how can I suddenly becomes an I must. I must. I must. God is faithful and he is merciful. I may not understand the whys of how a pain so deep can become a faith so strong, richer than gold. But I say today, you meant for evil. What you meant for evil, God has turned to good. And I can say today that the Lord is, has taken and the Lord has given and he has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There is not a pain or a heartbreak or a circumstance that he can't use for his glory. Even if you've lost, even if it seemed hopeless, he can turn it around. This all reminds me of another mother on another hill watching her son atone for the sins of others right hanging exposed and killed jesus died on that day right but guess what when they buried his bones they didn't stay there he resurrected he has defeated death and even though I've walked through the valley of the, the shadow of death, I can say here today, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? The sting of death, is, uh, of death is sin and the power of sin in law. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, right? And Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I've overcome it all. Your struggle is not in vain. Jesus paid it all. And the famine, it will lift. And there is power in your testimony. Ladies, mothers, fathers, everyone, wherever you find yourself this morning, be sure to set out that sackcloth for yourself. Find that refuge in the rock. Take out that time. Carve it out. Do what you need to do to prepare yourself for what's ahead. He will meet you there. He will equip you there. Men have had to climb mountains and cross deserts to meet with God. God has met with women right there where they are. At the watering well, in their homes with just a flour and oil from one last meal. He sent somebody there, right? 
Women get met where they are. Go find that sackcloth, find that refuge, find that rock, and meet with God there. He will equip you there. And you know what? You will stand firm, not just for yourself, but for the other as well. And your struggle is not in vain. The famine will lift. The king will, will move on your behalf. The whole land will be healed, and your testimony will be used for his glory. And your testimony might just be like Chris said here this morning, right? It might just be a person walking around this earth that says, man, if it hadn't been for my mother, man, if it hadn't been for my grandmother, man, if it hadn't been for my aunt, man, if it hadn't been for the women in my life who took up for me, who got up on that hill for me, I would not be standing here today. How many of us have heard it? How many of us have experienced it? If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for mom, if it wasn't for grandma, I don't know where I'd be. Your fight is not in vain. Your testimony will be walking around this earth saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know where you're at, but you're going to leave here RISPA certified, right? You're going to leave here RISPA certified, whether it's dragging up that sackcloth face whether it's spending time with the Lord phase, you bring it. You bring it on up. You bring it on up and you say, and you watch the king move on your behalf. And you watch what happens. You spend that time on the rock and you fight on that hill and you watch him move on your behalf. And, those, and all of those praying, praying, praying for a child, praying for a child who's not here yet, praying for a child who is here and far from the Lord. All of those who need it, the altar is open for you. I'm done, Kingsley, you can come up. You don't have to. <laughs> I know we have a lot going on this morning with the, everything. All those praying, if you need time with the Lord, whatever it is that you have going on, whatever it is that you need, the Lord is here. God is here. The rock is here. You grab that sackcloth. You grab whatever it is, the mourning, the repentance, Lord. You grab everything that you have and you drag it up. And it doesn't matter who's watching you. You do it and you stay faithful. And it doesn't matter who can see you. You drag it up that hill and you bring it to the, and you bring it to the rock. He is your fortress. He is your refuge and your strength. And you come and you bring it all to him. And watch him, watch how he moves on your behalf. Watch how the power of your devotion, you stay up on that hill no matter what happens, no matter the enemy that's coming towards you, you fight on that hill. You fight with your prayers, you fight with your consistency, you fight with always being there, you fight by being a stronghold for that child. And you might, it might require space, but you do it and you fight and you defend. I had somebody say to me one time, they were like, well, you can't stop me from living my own life and my own thing. So you might as well stop praying for me. And I said to him, I said, I can't stop you from living the life you want to live. And you can't stop me from praying for, for your life. Just like how I can't stop you, you can't stop me. So you can go ahead and say that all you want, but you don't know what's happening in my prayer closet. And you're number one on the list, buddy, I'm sorry to tell you. And I will watch the Lord move on my behalf. 
I will watch my aunt, my prayers being answered. The Lord is good. God is good. If you're a mom here who needs some time with the rock, I encourage you and I invite you to come and spend some time with the rock here this morning. Bring your mourning, bring your repentance, bring your needs to the rock. We're going to lift the famine. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for yours and we're going to pray for everyone who, you, who needs to hear from the Lord. Father, let us pray. Thank you for seeing us in this place, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your Holy Spirit for working over us, Lord Jesus. Help this word, Lord, to do its work in our lives, Father. Bless this day, Lord. Deal with each heart, each mother's heart, each mind, Lord Father God. You know every worry, every doubt, and every circumstance, Lord Father God. See us now here where we stand in need of you. Every day, Lord, we need of you. Meet us here and equip us from the battles ahead. You are our strength and our shield and our ever-present help in times of trouble, Lord. Help us, Lord, to reflect and on the past and recognize that you, Lord, have brought us a mighty long way, Father. Help us, Lord, to share our testimonies with the others who need it, Lord Father God. We know that nothing escapes your view, Lord Father God. Glorify yourself, Lord, in our testimonies, Lord Father God, and in our lives. You are good, Father, and we thank you and we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you church. God bless you mothers. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it blesses and encourages your life.